yeah, you, <laughs> you like, literally like we are recording. Okay, uh, hello and everybody, hello and welcome to Everyday <laughs> Tunnel Number One Hundred and Fifty Three, your favorite, most deceptively named biweekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Patreon, Jonathan Benjamin Edward. Hey, Jonathan, good to see you back. I remember us traveling all across Europe like what eight up? years ago. He stayed with us in the castle, I believe, Kai, uh, back in, in Lel for the GP. That was it, sick. That was like about, what, like eight years ago at this exactly, point? Exactly, exactly. Uh, almost smokes. like eight years and a couple of days. Good old days, like yeah. If you cool. want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everyday channel. And I guess <laughs> you can also have Callum buy a mouse because apparently Callum, Callum is recording from his laptop because he had like three mice fail on his main computer or something. No, well... I've got like two laptops and one main computer, and then I Whoa. have like four mice, and and I ne- they're all really shit cheap ones. So they all like <laughs> when one breaks, rather than going to get a battery, I just use another one, and then I cycle through <laughs> them. That is, so like I think the I think three of them have run out of battery now. So I was oh just going fed, fed up. Like just get like one proper PC <laughs> for holy fuck's sake! Like like you also don't build three mediocre legacy decks. You built one proper legacy deck, and oh, you haven't met me then. <laughs> you know that kind of sounds like when when your when a, your sleeve breaks you don't even take out the old card you literally just buy the new card and put in a new sleeve you're like okay whatever like i'm just gonna get the new thing i'll be like honest a that's kind of, of mice behind column kind of my lifestyle i'll i'll do that i'll like be lazy enough to throw money away and yeah are you the guy who causes global warming by continuously buying electronics and throwing them away or something no no i just have no, um, that, that's Stephen from Rock. Oh, okay, sir. Yeah, yeah, Stephen. <laughs> His name's Julian, actually. Oh, you, you got a Julian at work? No, no. Oh, no way. Yeah, you... Did, did no. I mention it? Also, like, my work is also running out of Julians. I, I only have, like, I want to say, like, five and a half days left of work before, after 10 years, I, I moved to a new position. I have, like, three or four weeks left. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, that's, that's going to be something. I... I I kind of felt like it was going to happen like 10 years at the same place and you you eventually notice okay there's going to be no movement you're, you're like okay sure let's do the new thing so I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for that in april next year i'm 10 years at my job and uh but i just changed position and things are changing so that's good oh you have Ooh. changing positions yeah i'm the accountant now Ah, okay oh well i i turned into that but i i kept all of my previous responsibilities and eventually i was like dude fuck this <laughs> yeah the problem is i don't know how to do accounting but Yes, see, see, that. that makes two of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do Kai actually? Who does your Savatarix accounting? Do you do you do it yourself? That's uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, also doesn't know anything about accounting, so I think we got something in common. Holy smokes! Dude. You know, a friend of mine is an accountant, and she makes bank like big time. Maybe that's how you do it. You you gotta learn something. Yeah. Well, that's a problem, right? Like like if you're so focused on like legacy and like magic in general, like you. You don't, you don't you don't have time for this you know and but you do it anyway and it's kind of mediocre and you you you, you kind of do it over again and it it, it kind of sucks and <laughs> and then you start a magic online league and that sucks too because you go one and four or something like that and then you know life is life's bad. Well, and speak then you for go yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> dude, ca- like if Callum can get the one and four, like that's the day's a win for him. It's like, dude, nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, before we before we jump into um the uh the season, I was gonna say, hey, new season of Everyday Eternal. It almost feels like it's gonna be one because the the episode title of this, if I don't change it, is our last episode. Oh no! Unless. And I'm going to get into that like in a moment, but I, I want to quickly sum up. We are going to talk about uh, quite a lot of news. Um, then we're going to look up uh, at uh, two new cards from Wilds of Eldraine. 
that have piqued our interest. We are also going to talk about, uh, have some last minute legacy meta considerations before going into four seasons. We're also going to quickly highlight a tournament from Guangzhou in China, like super insane. I called it a high roller tournament just because the prize payout was so insane, but actually it wasn't. Uh, but the, the prize payout was, but it wasn't a high roller tournament, which made it even more insane. And lastly, we're going to look forward to four seasons and the European Legacy Masters and everything Kai, Callum and I are going to do there because we will actually not be playing in that, but doing something else. So guys, lots of stuff to talk about. I'm going to start off by something we wanted to do on the last episode, but that was when Mind's Desire was unbanned. We were so excited, we <laughs> literally skipped over this. As you might have noticed, we went to Spain to do commentary on the Impact Returns tournament series where Kai and I were signed up for the legacy, the Spanish legacy nationals, as well as the main event. And the Impact crew, super kind people, one of the most amazing tournaments I've been to, definitely going to go back there next year and I hope many of you will as well. They have given us three of the most gorgeous playmats I have ever seen. They have created a custom artwork by... Ah, oh, the, the artist names escape me, escapes me, but it's all the more, be uh, all the more beautiful. So we're going to give away three of those playmats. And to do so, we're going to have a do -do -do technique from the future. We're going to have a random number generator for, to, to pick one of our Patreons. So, uh, Kai, for Wait, the... Wait, is, 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 is it any tier Patreon or is it... Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, this is coming. Oh my goodness, guys. Like, dude, this is, this is, this is crazy. All right, let's go. Can, let's can go. I win it? Uh, oh, Callum doesn't. Did, oh, Callum, you gotta come next year. Next year, you're yeah. gonna get two from the organizers. I'm gonna promise you. I will. You. I will. <laughs> Actually, Callum used to be a, a, um, a Patreon, right? But you, you, yeah, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I ever gave you any money. Oh, oh, you, you just signed up and you declined it every every month. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, number one, uh, Kai, would you do me the honor and just like say stop at any point? All right, stop. Okay, number five. Number five is going to be Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy, yeah! you won the first of three exclusive everyday eternal... Actually, if you want, um, uh, you, we can actually sign them, right? We're going to be there at, at um, uh, Four Seasons. So everybody who wins a playmat today, you can get it signed. Just let us know. We are Twitter, we are Patreon, we are anywhere. You Or say hello at, at Four Seasons. Actually, if you are at Four Seasons, you can even pick it up there. So number one, colonoscopy. Actually, I'm going to vote. Awesome. That Congratulations. List. That's pretty awesome. One of like, the most beautiful Chase takes Astral in the Beach playmats. Like those playmats were like um, among the best playmats I've ever had. Like, you know, like quality wise too. And the artwork is just like mind blowing. And it's also not too noisy and... It it's also beautiful. a real place, right? They, they these arches, these stone arches they have on the beach. Uh, they told us, oh yeah, but the chase one is not real. Like he opens a portal there. I was like, oh shit, I was. Gonna oh, that's totally real, yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking forward to seeing that, but I just couldn't spot it when we went awesome. there. <laughs> so, Callum, can can you give me a stop for the second winner? Stop. Oh, uh, fifty-three. It, we go all the way, and we have the same dude again. Colonoscopy <laughs> 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 again. <laughs> Congrats. In this case, oh, oops, my sting. My things. Here we go. Moon, <laughs> moon boating bears. Nice. Okay. Moon boating bears. You won the second playmat. Hit us up. Let us know if you want it signed and if we should send it to you or you want to pick it up at Four Seasons. And we go with Kai again. Give me a stop for the third winner. Wait. Do we have three winners? Yeah. I thought we only have two two playmats. No, but we we got we got an extra one. Oh shit! Because we okay. were such awesome right. commentators. Ready? Yeah. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Stop. 51, 51, we go with Tim, with Tim Grant. Tim Grant, you won another one of those playmats. Thank you very much, everybody, for your support. Hey, awesome. clap, clap, clap. 
<laughs> we're gonna get those out to you let us know whether you want them signed whether you want them chipped or picked up at four seasons and yeah that's finally something we did because i i had that playmat on my on my desk for like one and a half months i was like dude we really gotta give this out so yeah here we go <laughs> Now, the biggest thing, at least for from my side, that I want to well, warn you about. No, not really. It's actually, a, that, that, that sounds way too menacing, right? So you already noticed the title of this episode, our last episode, unless, yeah, of course, this is clickbait, kind of. Is it really? No, nah, it's not. It's, it's like, it's definitely, a kind of clickbait. Definitely, you, definitely clickbait. Yeah. Okay. It's the kind of clickbait <laughs> you do because you really want people to, to click this, not for your own good. I guess also for our good, but um, especially for the good of the viewers. Because you, you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to convince myself. <laughs> Here we go. So the thing is, we are moving to the new website. Like for almost three years, I've talked about the new website and it's actually coming out. You guys have already seen it. You loved it. I love it. And part it's of right. it is... Yeah, it's all, it's all right. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, like what's a very British word for like decent... Like banging, banging, ba banging sounds like it's way, way better. <laughs> lukewarm, would say like yeah, lukewarm tea level. Trump would say like gatezo. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it walks. It, it walks. Which like it, it walks. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's basically what it says in German, right? It walks. I mean, it is alive, I guess. <laughs> that's how it walks. It's not dead. <laughs> so part of the move, move to the new website is we are also going to get a new RSS feed. Now you do not need to understand what an RSS feed is. Because yes, you're do. probably listening on, I don't know, Spotify, what have you. But on the very rare chance that you are actually directly subscribed, tuned into the Matrix, directly into the RSS feed on the old website, you might still be automatically redirected, but you might not. Because there's always like spillage, there's like a 5% chance that something breaks. So what I'm saying here is, if going forward from this episode, you never see another episode on this feed again, on your Spotify, what have you pocket casts etc just notice check us out on twitter at eternal mtg check us out on instagram at eternal mtg check us out on well i'm gonna gonna make a post about it on studio.com you 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 will find it you're you're able to use google we're also gonna announce it on on this the next episode which i guess you won't be here in that case <laughs> it's gonna be on the new rss feed everything is gonna change automatically but but in case something breaks just literally let us know let us know which service you're using we can maybe even manually do that and why are we doing all of that? Because really, seriously, have you looked at it? Studio.com. Yeah. And if you haven't, don't. You, 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 your eyes will thank you. <laughs> that homepage is like the biggest mess. I can't believe you've made it this far with this. Like, it's something to to forget about because I haven't worked on that website in years. But the new one is going to be beautiful. You will ever be to be find us at find us on every kind of search engine, I guess. And yeah, it's all going to be great, guys. You excited? Awesome. Absolutely. I, th mm -hmm. I think. I think like yeah, the the biggest hurdle for for this podcast was probably like you know that people just didn't know that this podcast existed, right? Because as yeah, you mentioned, very, like very it, underground. Yeah, like if, if you, I mean if <laughs> if you type in legacy podcast in Google, like you you need some some results. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we pride ourselves as being like the longest running podcast, having started somewhere around 2013. Uh, even though like very amateurish. I mean, we're still amateurs, right? I I never like read a proper guide to this. But yeah, we've, we've come a long way. So we, we want to make it so that even more people can find us. And the only way to do that is like have a proper website and like do everything the right way. There's actually quite a lot more positive changes and new features coming to the podcast, but more to that once they're actually ready to be implemented. But stay excited. I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to put a lot of the stuff into action. But actually not as excited as I was <laughs> when I saw the pop-up that Kai is streaming Witch deck in Legacy the other day. <laughs> Let's go. Best deck. You guys, 
<laughs> are freaking animals seriously <laughs> so uh <laughs> so uh ba- so i was it was wednesday and i was streaming like on a normal wednesday uh a legacy league and it i think i did pretty well in, the, in that league i i, I don't think it's a really boring deck right yeah but i was it cradle control or was it no 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 it was not even cradle control it was uh that it was the demir scam i think Sweet. believe and yeah, Sounds whatever. Legacy it, deck. Yeah, it's like the new tier one deck. It's pretty turn powerful. Turn one, ponder, turn two, troll, reanimate, daisy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> GG. No, no, it, it's pretty much that. Especially right? what and, Kai sounds like when he plays Magic, by the way. That was exactly my voice, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, right after, we're like, oh, my goodness, it is Callum's fucking birthday. There's and, like, this how, monkey in the chat. And it, well, and, like, yeah, and, like, how often do you stream? And then it's, like, you know, your co-host's birthday, and I don't know who came up with this, but like all of a sudden, like no, it was even like the um, the few days before that, I got freaking like bombarded with nourishing <laughs> lich comments on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I like that was like the first time I, I I actually tried to escape from Twitter for like a few hours, you know, because that was like such it was like too much. I <laughs> like goblin Julian, my heels. you're not meant to Dude. bully your co-hosts. It was too much. Well, Dude, I was actually surprised by it as well. I think I was asking the other day in the Discord why everybody in Legacy is talking about nourishing lich right now. Because Kai was chatting shit about it, and we can't have that. <laughs> I didn't even know what the deck was, but, but yeah, we, we'll get to that. Exactly. He was like, man, this deck sucks. It's probably shit, blah, blah. So yeah. we had to show him how good it was. Right. And uh, yeah, truth be told, so, uh, so it was almost midnight or something like that, maybe even past midnight, when, when you sent me your finished product <laughs> live, I like the on, small pause live, live on stream. I, I didn't want to call it deck, you know. I, like, I finished... <laughs> It, it Even trade binder would be too generous. It had like sixty cards in the main and fifteen sideboard. No, it had fourteen cards in the sideboard. No, it was and a sixty-one it, card main deck and fifteen sideboard. But like, we didn't trade you one of the most important sideboard cards, which was Sanguine Blood. But I didn't trade it to you for some reason. Oh, is that right. like the five mana enchantment? Yeah, whenever well, you I gain can, life, you yeah. can't lose no, that can, much life. Yeah, I can yeah. get that because that enchantment is is in my commander deck. Nice. Anyway, so um, yeah, so we had 50, fourteen sideboard cards, and then I asked, well, like, what should I play instead? Because I don't have that card in my legacy collection. And then you you went like, yeah, just, just put in any random card. And then I and I was like, okay, well, chat, you know what? I'm gonna go through my magic collection of magic online and the first enchantment I see is gonna g- go right into the sideboard. And the first enchantment I saw was actually, it was on color, which is uh, already a, pr- a big a big success, but it was um, <laughs> the, um, what is it called? Tempted by it? the ring? No, the, the two mana. Tem- uh, yeah, tempted by the ring. Tempted by the ring. No like, joke. Oh, what? That was better that's, than almost every single enchantment. That's in the like deck an already. actual castable <laughs> enchantment. Holy smokes, dude! I was kind of excited. Other powerhouse enchantments in the deck were like Gaia's Embrace and Overgrown Estate. And I'm freaking like Pestilence. Wait, you, had, you had Gaia's Embrace in the deck? Uh, no. What's the one that's like? It's <laughs> no Gaia's Embrace is like actually good. It's eight mana, five green, green, blue. <laughs> <laughs> you control it. It's enchant creature. You control enchanted creature, and it gets plus two, plus two, and trample. Oh, that's uh, I know. Gaia's um, em- I, I want to say embrace, but it's actually I think it's not embrace because Gaia's embrace is like from Earthside Block. Yeah, uh, but I know which ones you mean. Um, it's the one from Apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. If, if if you want to see like uh, Ember Cool with style, you know you you, you better. <laughs> can, can, can you, oh, yeah, I guess you can. Nah, dude. No, like, um, a, but Callum, do you you want to give us like a very quick rundown of like Nourish and Lich because it's one of the most notorious decks in history of Legacy. Yeah, so Nourishing Lich was made by Cavius the Great on MTG The Source. You've put a quote here from 2006, but it's very old, long time ago. It was like, it 
kind of like it was made and then went out of the meta for a long time and then came back and stuff. But the premise of the deck is Nefarious Lich is a four mana enchantment, four black in the casting cost, which is sick as fuck, by the way. Yeah. And I mean, it's just cool, right? And then it's whenever you gain life, you draw that many cards. Whenever you take damage, you exile that many cards from your graveyard from the game. And if you can't exile cards from your graveyard, then you lose the game. And if Nourishing Lich leaves play, you lose the game as well. So pretty easy to avoid downsides, if you ask me. <laughs> but huge upsides. The card is a powerhouse. When you can just come... die to like Thomas Crypt or something. <laughs> yeah, it does die to Thomas Crypt. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got to talk about that. Yeah, but, look, but. no one plays Thomas Crypt in Legacy. That's Jesus true. Christ. Well, actually, or or Layer on the Void. <laughs> or like Graveyard Hate. Okay, okay. But then you have Nourishing Shoal. So now you see where the name comes from. Nourishing Lich, Nefarious Lich, Nourishing Shoal. And you pitch the your token Worm, which is like a billion, a billion mana. So you basically... You I think it's 14 or something? Yeah, a billion, like I said. So you yeah. gain a billion life, you draw a billion cards, and then you play Sickening Shoal off Lotus Petals, which is one in a black as additional cost, discard X cards, and it deals X damage to each creature in each player or something. I can't remember. It kills uh, your opponent, and you've got loads of life because you've gained loads of life from your shoals because life gain is busted. Yeah, the interesting thing about shoal, by the yeah. way, is that you first discard the cards as part of the cost, so you yeah. don't actually kill yourself, so you're going to have nough in a great... I mean, you still die to Torment's Crypt, but yeah, we, we've been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like... yeah, yeah, the cards in the graveyard. It's, I, I, it's think, I think you meant our sickening dreams, probably, but... Yeah. Oh, did I, yeah, there's yeah, yeah, sickening shoal. It's, it's, yeah, it's a sickening dreams. And there's also like a single tendrils of agony in the deck for like absolute no reason, I think. No. So let me just say, the, the list you played <laughs> I mean, it's was... A draw spell. It's, a, it's a draw spell. <laughs> like you gain life. With, like it's a draw spell. Like draw, divination that has storm. Hello? Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I, I'm, I'm all in on tendrils here. There's draw spell in the format. So the list you played wasn't actually one of Caviar's. It was from Kinda MTG, who's Patrick from London. Uh, it's basically the new school Caviar's the Great. Yeah, but it's the he's the new Cavius the Great, basically. And uh, yeah, I think you were pretty impressed by the deck's power, weren't you? Oh, like, dude, that deck was like was like through and through, like outstanding, absolutely. Like it was. Like, you uh, won a game against Reanimator. I did when I I don't know how I won that game versus Reanimator, but power of the deck. game. But that was oh, oh my goodness, that was like one of the craziest games because my opponent cast a show and tell. And uh, they put a Gristle Brand in play, <laughs> and I put like uh, the nourishing nefarious no, lich. You put a lich oh, into play, right? Oh, nefarious lich into play, yeah. And like you know, I I drew like what Hell like, th- yeah. like thirty cards or something. <laughs> Gristle Brand was like, okay, for my next magic <laughs> trick, I'm gonna draw fourteen cards. And Kai is like, that's, that's good. Like, dude. No, I think you showed <laughs> you showed for fourteen, and like actually bricked. You had one good spell in your hand, and oh, they, you had two. Sorry, you had like two life gain spells in your hand. And they played like one unmasked, but they only drew one discard effect of 14 cards. And so you got to untap and kill them. Actually, oh, yeah, we have 15 have... cards, by the way. I just realized it's, it's Oh, yeah, we have Sickening Dreams, right? Because they were like down to four, yeah, life was... or whatever. Yeah, you drew two Sickening Dreams. That was it. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty sick. Maybe you should play the whole place there because that yeah. was among the. I mean, that card won me the game. So, um. But other, but other than that, I think uh, it, like if you if you like uh, sacrificing a lot of lands for no reason, <laughs> you know that deck might be something for you because uh, Zuron Orb is one of the core pieces of this deck. You know so. my favorite moment in the entire stream. My favorite moment in the entire stream was when you had both Zuron Orb, which allows you to sacrifice a land for two life, and Overgrown Estate in play, which allows you to sacrifice a land for three life. So yeah. you were like, oh, Dude. I got the choice. I think you Dude, had like was... two or three Zuron Orbs in play as well. Yeah, man. Those life decisions, <laughs> holy smokes, dude. Have you, actually, like... 
Have you actually finished Elite Kai? I uh, I did, yeah. How was uh, like an L five? Is uh, it was it was like it was more comments in the comment section than actual gameplay. I want to say. <laughs> I um, mean, that's good, right? That's good. Like people, that, that, like I stayed awake way longer than I wanted to just because I wanted to watch the, the train train wreck. Thank you. I was crying with laughter. Like I was. I've got to tell you guys though. Like I, I really wanted to understand the deck, and like I know it. It the deck was built by Kinda, and that is already like a big challenge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I did. In fact, sight in every single card in the sideboard at least once, and try to get some value out of it. The card I was like the most disappointed with was a uh, form of the dragon. Oh, uh, which is. <laughs> How the great have fallen. You did literally got, not turn into a dragon as you as you got into play. It, oh. it was like, was that not, that was like even on your on on your on your, on your quiz show? I think Julian, right? Like about like oh, the, we're gonna do that next that, time. By the way, just like, so yeah. everyone understands, this deck also had um, Academy Rector, so it makes some sense. Yeah, it's, right, it's like, right, we're right. not gonna like, ramp up all the way, like as we are <laughs> sacrificing our lands into a form of the dragon. <laughs> uh, you, uh, to, to, to give everybody kind of like an idea, this deck premiered on the mana drain which is like the predecessor of um, the source and was also posted there the mana drain isn't really accessible anymore i think at least i tried but i couldn't but in 2006 kevius uh, the great posted it on the source and he literally and i had to quote this because this gives you an idea of the power level of legacy in 2006 kevius said okay he's not saying that nefarious lich or nourishing lich is better than necropotence but he's saying on a power meter of one to ten I rate this deck a nine. Okay, okay. Well, what, what are your thoughts on this? This is Legacy in 2006. He rated it on a nine out of ten power level wise. Uh, I, I would like to know what the one to eight is. But yeah, yeah, like basically ten There's, is Canadian threshold. Yeah, and, Canadian <laughs> threshold, whatever. So the the original version was just mono black. So it was like. 28 mana sources, including four directional, four chromox, then four worms, four lich, four nourishing shell, two tendrils, three knights whisper, three zero nerve, three grim tutor, two spinning darkness, four duress, and then Very three cool. and in a me as one. Do you remember what this one does? Yeah, it's a big creature, right? And um, yeah. it's I'm actually looking it up right now, but I remember it being a big creature that you can pitch to a nourishing shell. Yeah, it's a 12 mana creature for nourishing shell, I guess. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, okay, we're never going to cast it. Okay. A pitch to Unmask and Nourishing Shell. Check that. Perfect. Now we only need to put Unmask in the deck. There, there was two <laughs> in the sideboard, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this deck, dude. Yeah. I, uh, Kai, Kai, uh, I don't know if you're going to put it on YouTube or something because it actually was just like a two, two round league or something. But, dude, this is this is the best. If, if oh, you want to check it out, check it out yeah. on Twitch. It, it's it's already it's already on YouTube. It's um, already on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All, okay, like, all actually, my streams are on YouTube. Yeah. Late, let me make a note. I'm gonna make a big red note here. Julie, oh god, I just. Oh my god. Did you are you guys seeing how I mistyped my name? Yeah, I can't yeah. believe this. <laughs> I looks... literally mistyped my own name. Anyway. He's uh, written Julian, like Y O Julian. On YouTube. Yeah, yeah because but I was thinking about looks YouTube. Way better, in fact. Yeah, maybe that's my future <laughs> nickname. That's actually how I'm gonna introduce introduce myself once I try in the new company. Hi, I'm I'm Ju Ju Julian. No, Julian. Okay. Oh, yeah. That actually sounds very closer to a German pronunciation. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> you did not break the meta, but you came pretty close. Maybe not a nine out of ten anymore, something like a seven point five, I wanna say. Like you got pretty unlucky. But Norris mm -hmm. and Lich, check it out on YouTube. It's some of the most amazing gameplay that literally had that Callum and me in tears as we were watching it. I think oh, the yeah. deck has a ton of promise, but Kaiser boo boo. Some like nice things. 
<laughs> that's, that's, that's where we're gonna actually that's the stack actually like never mind never mind I'm not gonna go deeper <laughs> into the strategy wise uh, somebody who's going deeper into into legacy strategy is actually Magic Online because Magic Online is at, finally adding a bunch of new cards to uh, the system not the ones from Warhammer 40k because they're still waiting for like all the contract stuff and stuff but yeah that's it but of all the new stuff that they are adding, um, there's Harper Recruiter, which is the, well, um, we don't really need that anymore, right? That was supposed to go into initiative and fetch like a bunch of different creature types, but yep. I mean, that that's over. I can and promise you, the... you're going to get a deck donation from Kinder for this. He loves this card. Dude, I love this card as well. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Then there's, uh, I guess we call him like Mind Goblin underscore Goblin, the the one that's oh god, the, the stupid sticker mechanic um, that technically can be like seething ritual plus or like at least four mana. Um, that's also that that sounds also very kinda right. Kind of he he hasn't he kinda <laughs> he hasn't um, <laughs> played with this much. But do you know about the problem with the way they've implemented it? Oh, dude, actually, I have no idea how you would do that in Magic Online. So they are doing it completely differently. There's no stickers. Stickers is not a thing. And they've said it's a hard no. They're never going to put stickers or attractions on Magic Online. So, oh, not even attractions. No, they said hard Ooh. no for attractions as well. <laughs> but they've done this, and they got a um, like an estimation of like probabilities from some company that does it or whatever. But the um, the Magic Online Discord has been pretty active today, saying how it's very wrong. So the chances of getting uh, six mana off it are lower than usual. And then in in real life, as it works, the way you know the, the first ones are better and then you use up the good stickers if you hit it and then the next ones are worse because you've got less to get but online it's just rolling a dice basically so on a 19 to 20 you get six mana on like a 15 to 18 i think just off memory or something it's like five mana mm-hmm. and it goes down and it'll be the same for everyone you do so uh, we don't we also don't know if if you kill it in response to the trigger if you get the mana or not we're not sure about that yet so the card is a lot worse online as it's set to be released. I'm actually surprised that they implemented it in the first place, actually. I I think they deserve massive props for trying, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. They, they've said that stickers and attractions are just too hard. They're not going to be able to do it, especially with uh, all the other th- things they need to do, new cards coming out constantly. So big props for trying. Um, in the Discord, they've been pretty receptive to feedback, like acknowledging that it's not, perfect so i think there is scope that they change it to become more realistic they're getting some good advice from people that clearly know their probabilities and stuff so but yeah heads up for people that are excited about it as it is right now it's quite a lot worse um it just works differently it's a different card coming to magic online which is definitely weird but just keep your keep your eyes on magic online news because i think there's there's a good chance they change it there's a good chance to take the feedback but it's a bit weird (laughs) All right. I'm okay. actually excited to see how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are a couple more cards that I'm, I'm really excited about. First of all, there, there's like um, Comet Seller Pup, which was like the kind of did like the summer meme of 2023. I want to say like maybe like the, the spring summer um, meme, like um, a Boros Planeswalker for four mana that could kind of take over the game in like a kind of like funny. Well, probably like a zero point something percent chance that it literally kills the opponent on the first activation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like the dog, you know, like you roll a, a lot of dice and you get a lot of like small to medium um, upgrades and things. And it's kind of fun. You know, I, I, I can definitely dig that card in in, um, in Paper Magic because like Paper Magic is like way more social and, you know, you, you can you can have like a good game, you know, some some good laughter. And but I want to say I've actually seen it on some of the higher tables at the last four seasons towards the last rounds. So mm-hmm. there's there's like competitive potential in the card. 
it's just kind of hard to unlock right. it because it's so swingy. Yeah, like what I want to say is maybe that like on Magic Online, because you ju usually just by yourself, unless you're streaming, um, comment can be a little, maybe like a little frustrating, maybe like on on, uh, on on either end, maybe like if, you know, if those die rolls uh, don't really come together or um, I don't know, like if it's like worse than, uh, worse than average, maybe <laughs> it could be. But, th but I think like the bigger problem for Comet is, in general is that like all eyes are on fourth Eolingas right now. And um mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a much better comment. <laughs> that's a much better <laughs> comment. Yeah, it's uh, it's also Boros and it's dude, it, the card is the nuts and and so so yeah. Yeah, I guess the only thing that's going in, in comments favor is it can't be Flusterstorm, even though Flusterstorm isn't really a very big card in the format right now. It's more about like blasts from both sides and like I mm -hmm. guess both both of them get hit by Hydroblast, but not by Pyroblast. But yeah, we we see how that totally, works. totally. Yeah. I think I think a bigger game changer is probably a card that all the combo players have been waiting for a very long time now, which is our pair or dice lost. Um, this card is again, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of like a um, a combo August almost because like we we got um, <laughs> the storm spell. God damn it! Did it stop like tenuous? Uh, no, man, no, no, no. Uh, Mind's desire. Mind's desire. Yeah, we, yeah. We, it's like, what, what, what's that French storm spell? Uh, we got Mind's desire back, and in the same month, we also get pair of dice loss, which is another. Like some people said, it, it's an upgrade to pass and flame. Some people say it's a little, it's a little dicey, uh, like literally a little dicey. Um, <laughs> yeah, to get you know, I mean, you get LEDs back and then things, but it's always like you can't flashback it and it costs five battles. mana. Yeah, things like that. So I, I'm I'm really interested in, in Paradise Lost, um, especially because it is a green card and we have not had a green engine spell in any Storm deck, I think, so far. What I like about green so much is that it combines um, very well with um, things like Carpet of Flowers, Abrupt Decay, Buseju, Zandit Swarm, if you want. Like, all these, like... Veil of Summer. Veil of Summer. Oh, dude, yeah. Hell yeah. Veil of Summer. Like, all these, like, green cards in the main sideboard of Ad Nauseam um, Tendrils, for example. And Ad Nauseam Tendrils really doesn't play a lot of red sideboard cards, right? Because there are not that many good options. So, um, yeah, having that green engine spell, in addition to, like, Mind's Desires, maybe. Who yeah, knows? So you just you know, go straight bug, right? Yeah, pretty much. And also, like, Bach has, like, such a clean, beautiful mana base. Dude, mm -hmm. I, yeah. So, uh... It's interesting you, you talk about, I mean, combo is the obvious application for this. The few times I've played against this in paper was actually like in four-color control decks. And it's the jury is still out on how good it actually was there. Because the, the funny part is when the game goes long, like you literally get back, I want to say like 10 plus lands from your graveyard. And was then this like Benedict every of, single time? Yeah, yeah, Benedict was playing and he was <laughs> like... He's he the only person I've seen it do it. And it sounds pretty powerful to me. Like it, I think more people should try it in four-color control. Yeah, by the way, that was uh, Benedict Gruber playing at the... At the mm -hmm. I was going to say Four Seasons, but I guess he's, he might also play that sometimes. Um, the etc. and Rising. And yeah, it was the, the instant part is what gets you, right? You, you don't really feel like an effect like this is, is instant, but in this case it is. So you can actually play it on the opponent's turn and then get back, let's say, 5 to 10 lands and then try to brainstorm them away for insane value. And plus, like, you get everything else. Like, you do, you also get the brainstorms back, right? So it's, mm. it's in that way, it's almost an engine itself because you most likely have, like, one to two, maybe even three brainstorms, ponders, what have you, in the yard. It also can't be um, blasted by either kind of blast. So... It, yeah, it, it just felt like whenever I played against it, it was it was literally win more. So the five mana so, uh, instant at the end of turn, like I think I would have lost to a yeah. lot of other five mana spells even if they were not <laughs> instant Damn. at that point. 
Yeah. So, yeah. No, not not bad. Yeah, I think control these days has a lot, a lot of different options how to get an like, insane amount of card advantage. Like be it Minskimbu or be it the One Ring, for example. Payout Dice Loss is an option. Four Fail Lingas. Like all those cards generate lots and lots of card advantage. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like you know, like like legacy decks are evolving so fast, and like the threats are so powerful these days. Especially things like Bowmaster, for example, or Doughty Voidwalker, and things like that. Like that. Control, I dude, I don't, I don't want to play control in Legacy right now. Like, I never it, wanted to play control ever in Legacy. Yeah, it, it is so hard to keep up with all these ridiculous, powerful uh, business spells from all kinds of decks like combo, aggro. I mean, the answer is to play four rings, I think. Like, that sounds much doing. better. That sounds much yeah. better, yeah. I mean, that's exactly something an uh, Omnath player would say in modern, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, they do that as well. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was actually streaming the other day with Kevin Dane. We were uh, streaming our Dane Mill deck, and we, we just put in a uh, one ring, one one ring, I guess, just for for flavor and because it's kind of cool. But actually, that's kind of scary. Like, if you play just one copy of the one ring in a deck that cannot finish quickly, you like you put it four. out there, yeah, and th yeah, and then you're like, actually, what do I do? Like, I I'm literally out here <laughs> killing myself, and like, you just <laughs> die. <laughs> I had yeah, I had this I had I the same experience once, and then I was... never again. <laughs> When I was playing my um, like Nazgul theme deck, so I've got the nine Nazgul with all different arts, one Witch King, and obviously I can only put one one ring in my deck. But every time I drew it, it was amazing. But I kept killing myself for the same reason, and I was like, "God damn it! I really want to put four more on." Because I was playing Chrome Mox Ancient Tomb Dark Ritual. It was so good to like play on turn two all the time, and um, ended up adding Shieldred instead of more rings just to stay on flavor to have some oh, life gain in the deck. But Shieldred plus ring works like so well, right? Exactly, exactly. So that was my workaround to play more rings and just hope you draw it. <laughs> but I stuck to the theme. But yeah, it's a really good point. If you're building with the ring, you want like you just want to play four of them because it's a. I think it's a big design miss, but you can just play a second and sacrifice the one with those counters on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. loving it. <laughs> By the way, there's also there's also Embiggen coming to Magic Online, uh, which is of course for the three Infect players out there. Hey, you're you're gonna get a new Yo, toy. Yo, Sam Dams, right? that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Actually, Sam just got another toy in Wild of Drain, right? There's there's another pump pump slash protection. Yeah, spell. it's like one green, something gets hexproof, and then you get something with the new mechanic, which is like a plus and plus one counter. Or counter, something. permanent counter, yeah, something like that. And, yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of funny, like when you think about Infect, it's it has such a plethora of of pump spells to choose from. Like at this point, it's really the, the one constricting thing is like, what, what even is it? Like they also have like a couple of creatures. Maybe they could use another Infect creature, like mm. a mana dog that like like basically Infect. A mana dog Hyruk. Infector. Oh my Infect god! Imagine Hyruk. Noble Hierarch with Infect. How cool yeah, would that instead be? Exalted and Infect. Oh my yeah. god! Zero one yeah, with Exalted Infect. Now yeah. all the infect players are having wet dreams. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it'd be better to also be a Phyrexian probably as a creature type. Yeah, uh, Plague Engineer yeah, goes yeah. raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. Also, yeah. um, we have some we have some crazy crazy events coming up very soon, and we're talking about the Eternal Weekends. So Eternal Weekends, as always, I think I, like last year too, like their announcements and like wh when things uh, when shit goes down. Like, you know, it has always been kind of like a few weeks before it actually happens. So, um, but we got them kind of in time and you got three paper uh, events this, this year, which is, uh, which is pretty insane. Like, and given that we had the European one as an online event for the last couple of years, I believe. So we have one in, on this, from the 17th of the 19th of November in Prague, hosted by JK Entertainment. The week after, it's the 25th to the 26th of November in Aichi, posted by Big Magic in Japan. 
And on the 8th to 10th December, which is another week after, it's in Pittsburgh by Card Titan. Kai, help us out. Why is IG only two days? Like, are Japanese players not able to play on Friday? Well, Japanese are usually hardworking, right? So I I guess that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't even... Yeah, huh. I, I noticed that when I put it in. I was like, hey, actually, there's only two days. This I mean, is... honestly, though, there's really not that much going down on Friday, right? Right, weekend. right, right. Like, usually, like, Fridays are kind of Commander like the warm-up the, the, like the, the events, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've n I don't know. But we have some good news. Like, the um, the price card, the price payout is, is pretty much the same. Like, we got insane promo cards. Maybe you guys remember, like, the, the Panda from last year. Um, mm. And I don't know what the, the vintage card was, but uh, it was a Gush, I think. Right? Gush, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, yeah gush, gush and Panda, I recently looked it up. I think the playset for for those cards goes over 20,000 euros because oh there's goodness. only like 24, 24 copies of those in the world. Yeah, like I remember those going like absolute viral on Twitter. And we have something uh, something similar to this year where we have Mental Misstep, of a completely new artwork um, for Vintage, um, which I think is a pretty good choice because Mental Misstep is already a, um, a restricted card in Vintage. You don't need the full playset. It looks beautiful. Every deck in Vintage plays a Mental Misstep besides the Workshop decks, I believe because you'll need blue mana to cast it. And for Legacy, we do have a Dragon's Rage Channeler. Now, I like I personally is a little disappointed that it's a Dragon's Rage Channeler because like it's it belongs to a Delver deck and Delver is like what I've been kind of disliking uh, for the most part because it's so good versus Doomsday. Anyway, um, there is an, yeah, it's an old border version with a new uh, artwork. It looks pretty beautiful. I like um, it, yeah. Good luck. I, th I think it was kind of um, divisive on people, but I, I I don't hate it. Like you, you really have a hard time going wrong on like old frame foils. They're just like so beautiful. Oh, totally. Yeah, I was like, good luck. Fine, I'm getting the whole playset together. Anyway, <laughs> so so all the top eight competitors in all three events will be um, getting those um, Dragon's Way channelers or Mental Misstep if you go um, top eight in vintage. And meaning that there are only what 20, 24, 24 copies, 24 copies in, yeah. in the world. So um, the, yeah, that's almost like post Malone ring style, almost. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> only twenty four times as many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> but you're right. You're right. They're probably gonna go for a ton of money. Oh, totally. Uh, judging by like what what the other ones went for, and that's also gonna be the paintings again, right? That's one of the oh, biggest biggest Eternal Weekend traditions ever since we got Eternal Weekend. The winner of both Vintage and Legacy got a giant real painting, not a printout like you would get a cheapies like these oversized cards. You got a real painting framed that you immediately sell to the dealer for like ten thousand euros upwards or ten thousand dollars. Like doesn't really make a big of a change, and. Yeah, I, I guess some people took it home, especially the ones who won it at the uh, at the online events in 2020, and I think 21, we also had one, uh, maybe even 22, uh, during COVID and all of that. So this time, it's going to be three different versions of Black Lotus, one for the European Championship, one for the Asian Championship, and one for the North American Vintage Championship. So guys, which, which Black Lotus is the best one? Like, which country, which continent won out? I'd be happy if I get any Lotus, but uh, <laughs> they look... Like the the Asian one is uh is like a really like close up on on the Lotus itself, and the other two Black Lotus are kind of like uh, I I do like the the European one, which which is um uh, kind of like a it it looks really classy. I like, like the uh, European one as well. It has like a, a lot of like ornaments to it. It looks kind of like Renaissance style maybe. Um, that's like a a painting or something you can put on the wall, and even non Magic players would kind of appreciate it. I would say. 
I think it's almost like mm -hmm. for me, it's too busy to put on the wall. But overall, I, I also like it's actually the best, maybe even. It's kind of fun. I guess it speaks towards the artworks that I literally can't tell you which one I like the best. I yeah. initially I thought I didn't like the North American one, but now that I look more at it, actually I like it quite a bit. That that's pretty evil too. Like you know, because yeah. it has like the, the the part of the skull on the bottom, and the, it really looks dark to me. Not what I initially would think about if I think of like a black lotus that taps for like all kinds of mana. Like this black lotus looks more like something that produces only black mana, maybe. But also, uh, yeah, I just. Super, super gorgeous. I mean, really. uh, to, to me, Black Lotus, like everything Lotus-related, is kind of evil, and that goes back to the, the flavor text of Lotus Petal. I think there was it's a quote by Hannah. Actually, let me... I, actually, I can put it together. It's a quote by Hannah of the of the Weatherlight, where she basically says, oh, it's so hard to imagine that such a beautiful flower can actually inspire such greed. So, you know, there's, there's already this idea, oh my god, Black Lotus, like, wars are gonna be fought over Black Lotus and everything, and yeah, and that's just like what she says about Lotus Petal. So, yeah, we, we just became a flavor podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for Legacy, for Legacy, I'm honestly a little bit disappointed. Um, not by the choice of cards, but yeah, but by the artworks. Um, there's Forceful, Volcanic Island, and Lightning Bolt. I, I mean, yeah, we have, we have pretty much like Gruet Delver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. basically. You, uh, you, you win the entire so Blue I, I gotta tell you, like, I, I'm so sad about next year when they go, like, Savannah, Noble High Rock, Mother of Ruins. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, 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 like, Overgrown Estates, Surin, Orb, Nourish and Lich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we're talking. That's what we do, um, sure. That's interesting. Like, I, yeah, like, I, I was uh, initially, and, and still, like, I, I'm still super, super hyped about that Lightning Bolt by RK Post. Um, you guys gotta check it out, but maybe put it on the show notes some, somewhere. But, like, this Lightning Bolt has a lot of white space, like, a lot of, like, um, uh, how would you say that? Yeah, like, like negative um, space to it. There's a lot of whites and um, a lot of lightning going on. It's pretty busy as well, but you, 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 I can totally feel the energy of like three points, and like that thing would, <laughs> that thing would completely destroy me. I think if I was the guy with the hands, uh, probably. <laughs> if you were the like, guy with the hands, oh, yeah, I but you're the like, guy the, with the you're hands, like a one-one like one thing. Well, so. Bolt will definitely kill you, guy. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah, me and yeah, yeah my afterlife too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just like it feels like I, I i like very strong colors in my magic card very defined strong colors i i don't like those like everything is like a little bit matte and stuff and like monocolors um that's why i'm pretty off but it's also like yeah anyway let's not shit talk the cards i mean there, there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna like those the artwork of force of is kind of cool i still have to figure out what's actually going on there yeah, it's it, like a it looks a little bit like kira glass spinner yeah yeah somebody <laughs> trapped inside some kind of bubble or something oh, yeah mm. yeah cool like and then like volcanic island is like completely crazy dark souls level what what is this i yeah. don't even know what's going on there hey, so, yeah. i think I, I think what's what's cool about the volcanic island is that like it's um it was painted by mark tedin and mark tedin is known for the card chaos orb and uh Rissic study also made uh made an interesting episode about chaos orb like recently but those um those there are actually some orbs like uh, floating in the image um, that kind of look like chaos orbs. Oh, I know? thought they were like the the one from what like, um, wasn't that like its previous set where we had these these oh help me out these things floating in the sky that also like there's an island that has these on it but there's like uh, water coming out of it. That's the bucket island that Marcus plays. <laughs> yeah, the bucket island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it says. Like in, the in internal documented results is like oh bucket island that Marcus plays and everybody yep. results knows. Yeah, that's okay. how they know. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Ewald has coined a name. For, for magic cards <laughs> yeah so yeah super again. excited definitely gonna be at prague uh probably not aichi or pittsburgh but uh how big are those legacy events gonna be what do you what do you think guys 
Man, even four seasons. Like, there, like there are no legacy GPs anymore, and I think like this event is probably like the highest stake tournament I want to say for like Definitely. in terms of like for like prices, right? So it wouldn't be crazy to see up to like eight, eight maybe eight hundred players. Whoa. So that be that be so cool though, because like it is not like it is not too crazy to me because um when i look back at legacy gps they have some of them had like a thousand five hundred and participants or two thousand maybe maybe even more yeah like yeah like the one in new jersey yeah just completely went nuts but um so the, the players are there um and the prices are insane and yeah as i said like you know if, if we if we had like close to a thousand players or something like that i'd be I'd be so happy, and uh, that could be like the, the okay. future of GPs, maybe for Legacy. Callum, what do you think? How many p people are going to be there? Yeah, I mean, this is quite a wide guess, but I think like lower end, six hundred fifty up to a thousand potentially somewhere Whoa. in there. Whoa, I'm I'm estimating solo. Like I was thinking, like four hundred would be good. The la I think the last ones were like four hundred, but like there was still some GPs going on. Uh, the mm -hmm. format was yeah. kind of okay. It was. I did. There wasn't much hype around Legacy at the last Paper Eternal weekend that I remember. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? And, and I think compared to Europe, uh, compared to North America, Eternal weekend has not had that kind of history in Europe. Like I, rem I remember the first couple of times I went, a lot of people weren't even sure what it actually is. So if yeah, you were not like post American right? content, yeah, it was always in Paris. But now it's in uh, Prague, and Prague, and Prague is, is awesome. Even better. Yeah, even, like way better. Easy to so, get to. Awesome. We'll see. Yeah. It it could be on the lower end. I think. I think because it has been four hundred before. I think we're basing our higher estimations off like American numbers and yeah. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm Come on, Europeans, show them who's boss. Yeah. And speaking <laughs> of another big legacy one, that's one coming up in the UK, right? That we heard yes. about. So actually, now I've said how amazing they are so many times, but they are still amazing. They're doing two huge legacy events back to back in a similar way that they did it, I think, at the beginning of the year. Um, basically, on the 14th and 15th of October in Birmingham is Command Fest. And at the same time, they're running these huge legacy events where I think 120 cap. And the last one, the last events were like the first one was 115, the second one was like 110. So the, these ones probably will cap. And if they do, they have the space to increase the numbers. So. It'd be really cool if some Europeans traveled over for this. Uh, I know. I think I mean, the they last did last one, time, right? Yeah. yeah, there was a good, good contingent of other ones, and they had a great time. Axion now are known for putting on events in very nice places, so I'm not sure. I think it might be in the Great Birmingham Hall again. It's um, yeah, that looks like a cathedral every time I see it on. Pictures. It basically is. Every time you go to an Axion now event, just know that you're getting incredible treatment. You'll get table space. You'll get good chairs. You'll get so many judges you'll know the judges are getting good fair pay you'll know that everything is you know done they're a business but with the intention to make it the best event they can for all the players again i know the now people very well personally and they are just such well-meaning great people so yeah i really really recommend everyone who can if you've got a weekend free 15th and uh, 14th of october Come over to Birmingham, and you'll have a lovely time. Uh, this is this is so tempting. I really want to go, especially because the fifteenth of October is my birthday. Come on then! Ooh, yeah. ch challenge Kai on his birthday. Oh my goodness, that <laughs> that would be insane. You, you know, I, 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 dude, I always wanted to go O three drop on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me you've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, like true people, like I've never played a magic tournament on my birthday. I don't know how it feels because, like, I would probably be just like too distracted 
Really? Is your birthday still this like thing that makes you like glow oh. throughout the entire day? It's like, oh. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, not, it's not, my like, birthday, not, baby. It's my birthday. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, so, uh, man, I really, yeah, like, because like the last time I went to Birmingham, that was uh, a few years ago when they had the, the Grand Prix. And I gotta say, like, I didn't see much of the city, right? I, 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 Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I, I saw a little bit of Birmingham. It was actually like it's not bad, not bad, but nothing that really stood out to me. Maybe I didn't but, see yeah, the good part. I'll, I'll, I'll think about this. I'll think about this. But you know, like after like thirty-one years of like regular birthday with like regular parties and whatnot, like I could, I could definitely see some some shakeups. Maybe. Um, yeah, you know, we're gonna have like yeah. the after show party. Like actually, now is gonna have the the Kai birthday party. They have to buy entrance. Like everybody who goes like X and two is invited. I, I, yeah, like, it's like, a guy coming up to his own birthday. Like, dude, yeah, like a birthday in a cathedral. Like, how sick is that? I've I played a no. poker tournament in a church. I mean, that comes close, right? Yeah. Yeah. At night, like, we snuck into a church, somebody at the key, we played a that poker sounds tournament. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Dude. Yeah, it was, it was something. <laughs> sounds like you're coming. We'll do every eternal at Birmingham. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. At Command. So, and, and there is also, just funny, there is Command Fest, which I know people won't want to play Commander, but like, it's a huge convention, so there'll be loads of traders, and it's just a big celebration of magic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's actually the, the main reason why this all of this is taking place, right? I think the Command Fest is like the big main event, and then initially I misunderstood, and I thought it was just like going to be two legacy side events, but they're actually like going to be two big legacy main events, and it's just like yeah. tacked onto the whole Commander thing. Yeah, it, it's a yeah, amalgamation of all the things together. Like, it's not just legacy side events stapled on. These, like, the legacy circles in the UK knew that there was going to be two big legacy events on these days like months and months ago it was just not finalized and confirmed i think it was only recently it became command fest at the same time because they were like you know ah, getting okay. get, getting the go from wizards but axion used to put on more magic events and with our grassroots things of like llm and then matt brown is doing the northern one and these like kind of grassroots events popped up over the country we've been having talks and meetings just about how balancing proxies allowed grassroots events with big quote-unquote real with no proxies allowed legacy events with higher bigger prizes and bigger buy-in and stuff so they've kind of cut down a little bit just to make room for the small things to get the more people playing legacy basically and so they are completely entwined and working with the, the legacy community constantly is put on these kind of events they're they're the best yeah, I hear so many good things about Axiom. By the way, we're not yeah. sponsored. Shout out to them. Actually, if they want to sponsor us. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Just like that. Cool. Uh, going forward, there was also another, I want to say, this is honestly the biggest legacy event of the year, and it kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people. And I guess it's only 50% legacy, and I'm talking about the Magic Online Championship Showcase. And that happens, uh, I think, like three times a year. And you like the qualifying process is like pretty long. Um, I think it's quarterly, I think. Yeah, was it in quarterly? Yeah, it actually it makes sense. Yeah, it actually makes a lot more sense. That's yeah. quarterly. And what that is, you qualify through it through playing like a top eighting a showcase. Uh, then you qualify for what's called a qualifier. And if you win that, you qualify for the championship showcase. You don't need to remember that. All you need to know <laughs> is this is eight people. They go in. Wizards takes the bag full of money. They take $70,000. They just like put the money on the table and they're like, okay, you eight people, you do a cube draft and then you play three rounds of Legacy for 70,000 people. Uh, for 70,000. <laughs> you can win a whole army. 70,000. No. <laughs> $70,000. An all-car. 
If, yeah, when you think about it, this is like this is like GP. I mean, yeah, okay, it's not GP level playouts. Uh, actually, it could be. It's, it's, anyway, mm. it's only eight people. Holy fuck! <laughs> so, what I find so exciting about this is this is these are such insanely high stakes. Which decks are gonna people are people gonna pick for such an event? And I quickly want to go through them. Uh, we we're not, we're not gonna go super deep into them, but for for those uh, who haven't watched, before you, you jump in, what's amazing is. I would have guessed completely wrong. It's so again, people are heavily incentivized to play the deck that just wins them because it's such high stakes. It's eight very distinctly different archetypes. It's amazing to see of the format. Yeah, that's true. There, there's no everybody like actually. So, yeah, okay, we, we're gonna go into that yeah. <laughs> in a moment. So you got Christopher Brackley playing Timor Rhinos, the deck I once called the third best aggro deck in the format. You got Chessie Hampton playing Demir Merktide. We got Lukas Jankulowski playing Rector's Reanimator. He ended up winning the entire thing, if I remember correctly. He also, yep. I think, went three and all in Legacy. We got Muhan Yu playing Demir Shadow. We got Pierre Tardy playing Monored Prison. We got Sam Rolf playing Death in Texas. And I think that's the Black Splash, Death in Texas with Yorian. Yeah. Yeah, both and Thorsies, yeah. We got Sebastian Pozzo on Lance. We got... Tobias Erisman on Mono Red Painter. Hey, shout out to Tobias. Actually, from, from around the hoods here, I, I later learned. And, dude, Tobias, he picked up literally your list. Like, yeah. I, I asked him, or I think we, we asked him in, in, uh, in Discord, and he was like, I just copied Callum's list for the $70,000 tournament. Not the best choice, I guess. <laughs> That's crazy. Congrats, dude. <laughs> well, he it's it's a list from like a year ago, but... um. Yeah, I noticed, like, the Twinshot Sniper, whoa, that's that's not the most... Yeah, no Fractal Dragon Engine Twinshot Sniper, but, like, he said he was just trying it, like, and it worked, it clicked, so... I think that's something that people should do more. If if they feel like something's working for them, keep keep playing it and see what's working, what isn't and stuff, but, um, it's, you know, it's missing a couple of the newer cards, but the sh the shell of Mono Red is, is there, and it's very good, so... I think yeah, he, he went 2-1, one, he, he went 2-1, yeah, he only lost to Reanimator, I believe. Yeah, and the Reanimator 1, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's really interesting that Tobias Eriksman uh, got your painter deck, and like all I got from you was a freaking nourishing the check. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, you I, I can't can, can, for seventy thousand. Yeah, I can. I can technically also say I just copied Callum's. I look. I literally <laughs> got the entire list from Callum. I didn't even have to copy it. You should feel special. Can, can, can you imagine? Thank like, you. if you literally showed up to that tournament and you had like the most <laughs> wonky deck you could ever imagine. <laughs> imagine you played nourishing lich in this. <laughs> oh my the, goodness the opponent like, happened to play show and tell you literally won <laughs> you played the finals versus burn or something oh my goodness oh <laughs> dude i wanted to challenge you with burn but you opted to play our league instead i yeah. even put it together well, the other day when you were streaming whoop, whoop. so yeah the, like Callum said actually the most amazing thing to me is that this is literally eight distinctive decks even though like you would think like high pressure so people would really gravitate to to what they tested and think is the very very best but no they, they yeah. arrived at eight different conclusions like there even is the, the blue black deck is split between the shadow and the, the non-shadow version yeah so they have similar like these decks are quite similar honestly like one is obviously shadow so playing more watery graves like doomsday often does play four and stuff but then the non-shadow one is like just Merktide and Bowmasters and Troll. They both have Troll Reanimate, which I think is just like a, a pillar of the format already, basically. But yeah, they, they probably play fairly similarly, but one's a little bit bigger, one's Shadow. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just excited that this stuff exists, that you can earn so much money just playing Magic Online, on, uh, especially Legacy in Magic Online, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is the first Legacy one they've done of this. It's uh, usually... 
modern. Could be, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, no, actually, I, I got pretty close to qualifying. Like, I was in the semifinals, I believe, of one of those that qualifies you for those events. But I think the, the oh, yeah, yeah, the, the one that you qualified for was vintage back then. I think, I think Justin yeah. Gennari was, like, pretty close to it. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's just, like, People say that Eternal lives on Magic Online, and I think Eternal, especially post-COVID, has been very much revitalized in, in paper as well. But these days, it's, it's, are the Eternal formats the biggest thing? I guess together with Modern on Magic Online, like, I don't see yeah. that much standard going on or Pioneer. No, no, um, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> the, the standard leagues have just loads of win traders, so that's a shame. Oh, but still? Yeah, but it's not a very popular format anyway. And uh, I thought they, they they kind of like fought back against that by by implementing the thing that you into, like you get thrown into a game immediately. You don't have to click join. Yeah, game anymore. it hasn't helped. They're, they're still there. Oh god, yeah. But <laughs> okay, that's, that's regard, regardless, I think modern is by far the biggest thing on Magic Online and Legacy and Cube and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cube dude, they're making so much money off Cube. cube, cube yeah. They have these like top sixty-four um, uh, playoff rounds or something for for Cube. They're so popular. Yeah. I think they're only slowly discovering, like Daybreak Games is discovering how much, I wonder how much of the money they make with Magic Online actually goes to them because they've made a lot of like positive changes. So I hope they, they see a lot of that money that, that their work uh, contract with yeah. Wizards works out that way. I mean, their their reaction times for things have been amazing. So with the 64 player um, queues, they were hugely popular. So every single event was full up like days in advance. So they just put more. They put like a new one every single hour. And so now... They've been like you know just firing every hour. I think some were even every half hour of the weekend, and um, you know the fact that they just implemented it within a day of people saying, "Hey, it's all full up. I want to play more." That would never have happened before Daybreak That's Games. That's true. What about the, the the weekly challenges or something? Isn't isn't there a thing? Weekly they, challenges. Uh, the, the the weekday challenges. People have been uh, asking for like challenges on let's say a, a Wednesday. I don't think that's going ahead. I remember seeing it somewhere, but I could be wrong here. I'm not sure. It's not, it's not decided, but they seem pretty open to the idea. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest, I mean, one of the best things about them, right? They they provide feedback to your feedback. They say if it's possible or not. They they actually listen to the feedback and they they implement it as well. So, like, all of these new cards we're getting, you know, they people have asked for it. On their forums, they have lists of cards you can vote for. So these, these latest cards that are getting added were voted for by people out of a huge pool of cards because they obviously only have the time, I guess, to code and get new cards online. And these were the ones that people said they wanted the most. So that's just great, I think. Yeah. They're also co-sponsoring the Super League that Anorak is running. Yeah, amazing. So shout out to them. Like, there's a couple more sponsors. The, the Energy Series is sponsoring it and some more that i don't remember from the top of my head but yeah they it's just great what's going on like people have put so much effort into this and it makes the, the gameplay all that much better so for a complete well tangent um <laughs> something completely different that we wanted to talk about very quickly because we got a question from the discord about uh universes beyond and i i want to go about this very quickly guys i don't know if you have some thoughts on this neiden has submitted a question which hypothetically universe beyond property would you guys be most excited for i mean callum would have said warhammer 40k right but yep. i mean you already got that it would have been warhammer and then lord of the rings and third would be star wars oh man like Ooh. you you got all two-thirds of that yeah already i also Ooh, want jurassic that, park so i want to play dinosaur stompy but yeah <laughs> oh yeah dude that, that will that will totally do that for the next excellent set i, I jurassic promise park you. Would be sick. oh heck yeah dude you, you could play like a minotaur a minotaur a minotaur what jurassic park did you watch yeah exactly a raptor a raptor like like tons of little small stuff or like the the big the big tyrannosaurus rex and stuff yeah 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 i'm a i'm a 
dumb child. I like. I think dinosaurs are cool. So yeah. dinosaurs are cool. Let's get it. Kai, yeah. is there anything that you are really into that you would well, love to see in Magic? Yeah, I think um, like we already got it in the secret layer, but I'm a huge fan of Junji Ito. Um, the, like the guy who made like Uzumaki and like all this like horror an anime manga um things. Like I was pretty terrified um like almost like ten years ago when the first time when I saw him, um I read most of his mangas and they're they're all like they're really grotesque um macabre and uh pretty bloody too. I could see yeah, I could see that in some kind of like shadow Mars setting. Oh yeah. Maybe like like you know if we, if we uh, look back at the um, the latest Innistrad set they had a circle of basic lands that were also all black and white I think and like something like that you know like if you remember the the um, the, the secret layer including like Thoughtseize, Karen Feeder Doomsday and uh, I think like Plaguecraft or whatever um, those cards were insanely hyped on Twitter too and uh, they're still like pretty high demand like I I bought four copies um, immediately and. I don't know. Like, if, if there's ever, like, a horror anime manga collaboration or something like that, I'd be so down. Oh, sounds exciting. So, like, I, I laugh, like, when there's consistency in the style. That's, and if it's, like, something like that, I could be down. So, for me, it's, like, I immediately thought about, like, a lot of video game words. Um, on the Discord, Beagle already mentioned Zelda. I, I could see, like, Zelda being an amazing crossover, but I don't know if Nintendo would ever be open to doing something <laughs> like that. Like, they're very protective of their properties. <laughs> So who knows? But Zelda, I would love to see that. There's even like amazing potential to have like cool equipment and that kind of stuff and like amazing ledger. Like Link as a planeswalker, yeah, sign me up. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Also Metroid, like the the whole like <laughs> Super Metroid, Metroid, that universe. That's I don't know. That's also like it has that kind of dark, you know, scary vibe to it. And and I was gonna say the music is amazing. I guess we we are not there yet. We don't get music and yeah. magic cards, but you know, maybe in the future. And and then my favorite video game of all time, Monkey Island. I think Monkey Island could be amazing, even though it's probably gonna be a little bit gimmicky. And then there's just like so much more. So old school. <laughs> I mean, like this kind of this this question kind of tells ex exactly where we three are kind of coming from, right? Like, I mean, Colin form from the board board game fantasy science fiction kind of kind of thing. Like you like your retro games, and I'm like a anime person. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I'm not even that big into anime. I, I just like the horror part of it. I, I have Attack on Titan on my list. I'm just like still so hyped for it because <laughs> I recently watched it for the first time and like super much, very much into it. I so... rewatched the first four seasons when I was on tour. It's good. Oh, dude, that's yeah. yeah. I, I immediately want to go back and rewatch it again. I, yeah. I'm still, I still have the last two episodes to see. I think the last episode is not out yet, and the second to last is only out in Japanese. And I was, oh, I'm watching that up. Oh, that's not out yet. Yeah, I've okay. got the last series to go, so oh. probably wait. Till okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's amazing. Also, I, I noticed Discworld. Actually, I've never read or played any Discworld games, but I'm kind of familiar with the universe, and I would love to see that in Magic. I think that would lend itself very much to making a cool Magic set. Well, actually, I'm changing that's my answer. I want one 40k again, but the factions they didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. really nice. Like what, like Tau, ta for example? Oh, dude, that would be amazing, actually. I want, I I want orcs. That. Orcs, yeah. So yeah. Dude, oh, heck yeah. yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Dude, we should be working for wizards. We say yeah, that all definitely. the time, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we should make like a t-shirt, like Everyday Eternal, and then quote underneath, we should be working for wizards. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love the game that we create, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would we come uh, up with these amazing cards, by the way, from Wilds of Eldrain? There's, there's two cards I kind of want to talk about uh, on here right now that mm. are going to be legal for four seasons. They're going to be legal for the very first day on four seasons, so nobody really got any playtesting in with them other than maybe like doing it in paper with proxies. And the first one is, I want to say, the one that people have talked about the most, and that is Besiege the Mirror. It's a sorcery, a colorless, and three black. 
Search your library for a card, exile it face down, then shuffle. If this spell was bargained, you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost if the spell's mana value is 4 or less. Put the exile card into your hand if the card wasn't cast this way. And bargain means is you may sacrifice an artifact, enchantment, or token as you cast the spell. So what's the best way to understand this? This is like a 4 mana demonic tutor, but if you sacrifice something while you do it and get a card that maximum mana cost 4, you also get to play it for free? It's probably exactly. better to not try and think of it as like another card because it's quite unique because you do need to have to cast the thing for free you do need to have an artifact enchantment or token to like sacrifice as you do it and then it becomes way more powerful because you get to we'll talk about Gaia's will in a second but um otherwise it's a it is a four mana tutor and diabolic tutor is totally unplayable so you do need it has it has building restrictions around it i think so uh jacks is really the he straight away was like this card is broken and he quickly realized that you can play this bargain it and go and get Gaia's will and Gaia's will is the suspend card which is essentially yorgmoth will. will so this can be like a four mana yorgmoth will and then you treat it for the the guy's will and cast it and stuff my feeling is i think this is quite obvious it's not like a hot take or anything the best deck this can go in is like the leyline helm decks um because you have like leftover chrome moxes to to sacrifice you can sacrifice the orc army from your your bow masters and stuff you have some crappy bits and pieces over the board to sacrifice uh, maybe you have like an extra ley line potentially to sacrifice and you can go and get either a ley line or a dathy void walker or the helm itself to kill someone and you play yeah. dark ritual to help with the mana cost you may have an urborg or two it's just a pretty good combo piece to like you know finish off after you play your your um interactive creatures i think it's probably a little bit overrated in the dark ritual like spell based combo decks i think it's it's powerful and it'll be put in those decks and it'll probably be good in those decks but it's not in my opinion good enough to make them that much better like these decks are still going to be weak to the things like the fluster storms or the the force of wills protected by you know veil of summer whatever so yeah i think it's going to be better in the stumpy deck stumpy kind of combo decks than the actual ants and stuff of the world but what do you guys think? Yeah, totally. I think um yeah, um this is also like another sack outlet for the one ring. If you um if True. if there are too many counters, you know, you can you can sacrifice it. You can also also get the one ring if you want to. Um I think That's what cool. I like yeah, about sacrifice one, get another. <laughs> yeah, what what I like about Bizichi Mirror in, in a in a deck like uh, Mono Black um Helm is that like the deck doesn't have any any tutors and any cantrips or anything like that. So Bizichi Mirror is kinda similar to like what Green Sun Zenith is in uh in, in a green fair deck, you know, like it ha it's basically another um, demonic tutor and it kinda ties up the, the deck, you know, so you have more consistency and you, you get like the same threats more often. Mm -hmm. And Bizichi Mirror is just that for, for Mono Black which is pretty nice it has some restrictions too like you can't it, it does not work with ancient tomb for example because the mana costs are is a triple triple black and one general uh, generic mana i'm so glad it's that not two and black black oh totally yeah, <laughs> yeah like dude like yeah difference like wizards of the coast do you really need to pay attention on those mana costs yeah. like if anything is like you know like the one ring for example that's like in some decks that's technically just tap two lands <laughs> yeah actually you're right like if, if this was like castable of ancient tomb like properly castable of ancient tomb this would actually be close to broken that'd be insane yeah, yeah. you just go like yeah yeah turn two this very often but now it's more like a turn three <laughs> thing totally 
Yeah, I think, uh, uh, and as you mentioned, like in a, in a spell-based deck, like that, let's say, um, like Storm um, or Doomsday. I, first of all, I I don't think this card. Like, if anyone's listening and um, is a big fan of Doomsday and besieged Mirror, my first in, um, reaction is like, this card will not make it into Doomsday. No, no way. It, 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 it doesn't. Yeah, it's a Doomsday card. Yeah. Like, 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 please, like, if you want to get Doomsday, please cast your crappy personal tutors on turn one or turn two. Get it Strikes that way, me. but. Mm-hmm. So, sorry to interrupt you. That it strikes me more like an almost like ad nauseum style because you you can also like get it back with past and flames. So yeah, that's kind of cool. You can like I think the yeah the, the card that is kind of close to Besiege Mirror, like in my opinion, is like Dark Petition, which also like it has like a lot of similarities, right? Like it has a pretty high casting cost of five, and then you get you get a demonic tutor, and then you also get rewarded if you um. Have, if um, yeah, if you have a uh, certain um, like so- oh, oh, yeah. incense in your yard, right? Like, yeah. and then it almost cost it costs two mana, so uh, so you have a normal um, the one tutor. But the entry is pretty high, you know. Like, how often do you have five black mana available, right? And it's it's kind of similar with Besiege Mirror. Like, you're getting to this specific mana cost, like it might little be a little clunky, maybe in your opening opening hand. You might have to play mediocre artifact lands such as like Volt of Vispers, maybe. Uh, which okay, are not okay. which are not yeah, great I, in general. I was wondering, like, whether it might sm- spawn a completely well, kind of new deck of Storm. Like the stuff that Jax posted on Twitter, like he had so many different lines that didn't really look like any of the established combo decks. Like it had Dark Ritual and stuff, but then it also had like Petals, uh, uh, not Petals, and um, Bobbles. I guess Bobbles was also a thing that people play in the uh, what's it called? Black Sun uh, Storm. Epic, Epic Storm, yeah, 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 where you try but- to enable. Uh, I don't know if they are still on. Uh, Crow, uh, not Crow Mox, Mox Opal. Uh, yeah, well, so so... I think Cr- Mox Opal is a card you are quite encouraged to play with Beseech. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it actually yeah. fits the shell because they both work together. They both have a similar deck building restriction. Like Mox Opal obviously leads you to playing more artifacts rather than the enchantments or mm-hmm. tokens. Um, you can also then sacrifice Urza Saga or the tokens Urza Saga makes for Beseech the Mirror. Or so oh, the Monobrick Storm deck, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But at the same time, that deck is very often just trying to power into a... Um, Ad nauseum, which this can't go and get. Oh, you can go and get it, but then you can't cast it for free. So yeah, it's, it's, then it's literally like the Bolic Tutor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would just look to people like Tony Scaponi for that. If he if he thinks mm-hmm. it can go back Saga Storm, then it's probably really good there. If he doesn't, then it's probably not good there. Jax again, like he posted this cool, really cool guys will thing with like lots of different lines. And what impressed me from the lines he posted was the low resources you could start with. So. I do still think the deck is just fundamentally weak to similar things it was weak to before, but it is uh, like if if that works, it is a bump in power level at least. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, you yeah, can't get like, Paradise in... Lost sadly. <laughs> you, you you already mentioned that um, the the Mono Black Helms uh, deck is probably going to be the best home for this card. Yeah. And just to point this out, if you end up playing the version of this guy as well, and I think I already mentioned this for like different um, cards. Or Yakmoth were especially in Vintage. Do not cast Gaia's World when your opponent has Helm out. Because part of Gaia's World is if a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile the card instead. So you literally get lay you you lay line yourself for a turn as you cast Gaia's World. So your opponent can straight up go ahead and mill you out. I would never realize that until it happened to me. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> I know some vintage stuff. And nice. It, it, yeah, yeah. It does come up here every now and then here. So, yeah, super excited to see how that's going to work out. And then the, the card, it, it didn't really fly under the radar. Um, people have been hyping it up quite a bit, especially Mark Vogt and Anurag Das. It's up the Beanstalk. That's an enchantment, a colorless and a green. And it says, when you 
when you up the beanstalk. Now, when up the beanstalk, <laughs> <laughs> when up the beanstalk enters the battlefield, and whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, draw a card. So I think that's actually good. The, I think that's the kind of card that's actually pretty good. And the only discussion here is how do we fit it into a deck? And I guess Yorian kind of answers that cleanly if you actually ended up playing it in a Yorian deck. I don't know, like, what do you guys think? I think this is actually really good because I put myself on the other side of the board and I see myself, I see my opponent casting this on a second turn and I want to throw my cards, like, out the window unless I'm playing, like, a fast <laughs> combo deck. God, you really hate beanstalks, huh? Like, <laughs> I just hate, like, four-color, five-color bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's, I agree it's unassuming. It's, like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem powerful to me, but the power in it probably comes from the fact that, like, once it's come into play, it's just hardly worth removing like you're gonna prismatic ending this it's the easiest plus one card of my life um my my question is like does it make you play things awkwardly like does it make you spew cards earlier to get value off them to draw a card whereas if you had like a sylvan library you could just be drawing cards or filtering it at will ahead of time proactively it is quite reactive in a sense but also at the same time that is what these decks kind of want to do where if your opponent's not doing things where you need to spend your force of wills your endings or your solitude or whatever or ley line binding then you're probably fine um i don't i it's i think it's good it's okay i think it might be like see more play at the beginning and it's going to then peter out and be one or two of in the four color decks sometimes probably two oh, yeah. I think it, really i thought like if you play this you want it to be a four color deck because the uh a far off because the se- the moment you cast the second copy your opponent's like I don't want to say like out of the game, but oh, it's just like like if you get the second copy early in the game, holy shit! Uh, you're right. Actually, I didn't consider multiples just getting better and better. It, yeah, may, maybe yeah. it is good enough. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> even later on, it cycles. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. card very much reminds me of like engines such as like um, what's it AK. called? Accum- yeah, accumulated knowledge mm. or things like search for Oscanta way back in the day. Uh, which also generates card advantage over time, or like the newest, well, or like probably like the newest card times is like as much mana, <laughs> <laughs> or like even like stuff of the storyteller, maybe. That, yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. Right? Like it, I, I feel like I like when I saw the card, I was like, I, I feel like I've seen this card before. Did you really though? You, you, you have seen this card. Sorry to interrupt you there. You've seen this card before, but it didn't cantrip. That's the thing most of the time. Well, AK does cantrip. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it's I don't know. I think AK is like way less powerful than this. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, it's not blue like, though. I mean, like, that's a fact. Yeah, they have, they have they have ups and downsides, right? Like I, the the um, like I don't think that no one's gonna like actively prismatic ending this uh this enchantment. It's just like it doesn't feel good. Yeah, and on you, the other you hand, play, like, like three mana to two four on yourself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> and like. And like to talk about the uh, the beanstalk triggers, like you know, we, we listed some of the cards that uh, actually um, do see legacy play and then trigger that enchantment, right? Which includes solitude, force of will, leyline binding, the card Yorion, which is um, actually pretty cool, um, and like fury, prismatic ending if you go like super high, and tribe of Saint Catherine, and like all these cards are legacy staples, but I I gotta be honest with you guys, like only half of them are actually legacy playables. Like, That's why I, I put them like in the second line. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, the show notes. Like yeah, Triumph like, of Saint... Yeah, like no one's going to play Triumph of Saint, um, Saint Catherine because of Up the Beanstalk. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think Triumph is not that good already. Uh, yeah. No, it's so just it's, like for me, the thing yeah. is it cycles itself 
And once you've cast the first force, it's already like, oh my god, like it's so bad for the opponent. And then if it only ever it happens the second time. Yeah, it's it's because it's it's two mana. It's, you can like get it down so early in those decks. They don't do anything with two mana. Like I guess the, the closest mm. comparison would be seven library. I think I mean the two drop of control decks is ponder swords. Like it's not actual two mana cards because they, they always play around the days yeah. and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm with Kai where the theory of them stacking and you know becoming this late game is good, but shouldn't your your card advantage in these four or five color piles and stuff shouldn't be you shouldn't be playing these five mana spells or pitch spells to be built around your card advantage engine because you have other options like that already. I, I, I don't I don't, see I don't know. I don't think there's the any ring. there's any engine that's nearly as good as up the beanstalk. I mean I think the they're better. already like not what are you saying? The ring is better, I think. Yeah, but that's four mana. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean in those decks, yeah, actually I can see the ring. Yeah, actually the ring maybe the ring actually you're right. The ring is better. And that Uro card's pretty good. Yeah, I don't even eh. know. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think card advantage is not the problem with the deck. That's true. That's I true. think I think the card is good though. I, I just hadn't really clicked where multiples it's you know can like snowball and stuff i think people will play it and i think i could be underrating it for sure it's um could be a, a little bit of a sleeper bean but i, mean, I, I want to say like it's crazy. almost easier to trigger than stuff stuff of the storyteller and stuff of the storyteller also like basically does the same in multiples but you have to pay mana for it and i guess you get a creature out of it but that's uh, well mm. not that important it's similar yeah Ah, well, we will see. We will see. I yeah. mean, that's the exciting thing. We 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 have some weeks to work this out. Yeah, um, it'll be cool. I like I like the power. I I like the design. I like the power level. I think it's gonna be. I like the flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool things to play with. Cool. So uh, very quickly, we're not gonna like. There's so much to talk about. We're not gonna go deep into the legacy showcase results that happened. I think one and a half week, one and a half weeks ago or something. But what we do see, by the way, shout outs to Andy S. C. Wilson who actually won the showcase on Blue Black Shadow. There are so many undergroundsies going around. Like oh I look at God. the top sixteen, I see like Shadow, Scam, Scam, uh, Doomsday, Shadow, Shadow, Grixis Lava, which is like close, um, Blue Black Scam, Mono Black Helm, Mono Black Helm, Blue Black Scam. Like guys, you remember like a couple of months ago we were talking about like nobody's playing Black in Legacy. Yeah, look how that has changed. There's a lot of bowmasters. I love it. <laughs> you do? You really do, do? I like you know like if underground C is the the most played uh dual land in legacy then I I'm I'm very Kai is very very happy. Oh, okay, I get that. Like well, yeah. my favorite times in legacy uh, have also been like when underground C was considered the best dual land. Underground C is my favorite as well. In my head it's always been number 1. And when Volk was the best for whatever years it was recently, it felt weird. It was off. Yeah, yeah you're right, right? That's yeah. that's literally my feeling. That doesn't really I guess make any sense. No, it's just like you see always been the one. Like my nostalgia is that there's a tier of dual lands and at number one there's underground sea and yeah. that has just like been my tier of dual lands for ever since i started playing and Agreed. now the world is right again i mean there's <laughs> there's other problems that we have to work around for example <laughs> if we if we go to four seasons um Callum, you and i are probably going to be playing painter right and yeah what, what are the implications for you what, what are you changing because i felt like for painter the matchup against like these blue black decks the scam decks as well as the shadow decks hasn't been the greatest oh, no so when I saw, like, we talked about this multiple times in different casts, I was pretty happy about Bowmasters coming because historically, Blue Black Underground Sea heavy decks have been the one of the easiest things to target with Painter because they're pretty weak to Blood Moon effects. Well, there's a troll in the dungeon, and that stupid troll of Khazad Doom just ruined that plan completely. So the fact that they have uh, a colorless swamp, swamp cycling thing to get base of swamp 
has just completely ruined the Magus and the Blood Moon plan. Ah, oh, you're right. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, especially the Blood Moon plan, right? They yeah. they couldn't even like deal with that. Even with let's say uh, dismember or something or floating mana, like no way. Just like it's that. So additionally, compounding that troll is a six five, which dismember kills. So we're seeing lots of basic swamps and dismembers, both of which which are insane against my dearly loved four times Magus in the sideboard plan. So. Yeah, Painter is in a weird spot. It's um, it's usually I've usually liked the Shadow matchup. Like I used to be really good against it. You just play patiently and get a get a moon out there, and you're good. But now I'm I'm gonna try playing Source of Plowshares. Um, it's definitely not for sure. I've not had much time recently to play it too much, but um, I'm gonna give it a go because there's a lot of Shadow and Swords kills the troll, and um, it depth decks are also just very good against bowmasters decks so playing online i have you know corp lands players and depth players by surprise by sorting the merit and stuff so <laughs> i think that in theory it makes a lot of sense and it's going to catch some people off guard um i know most other painter players are just playing like three-ish bridges but in snaring bridge i just i don't know you have a natural aversion against the card it, right it just doesn't work for me i keep trying it like i played two or three leagues of um Jack Kitchen's like uh, shortcake style as well, and where it has like one in the main, one on the side, but I think it was something. And I even got it against like game one against Moonstompy, and I was like, right, I should be good, right? But no, they just kept drawing fables, and they'd have loads of Kiki Jikis and copy the Fury so I can never combo. And then they drew a Caves of Chaos Adventure and copied that and killed me with the initiative. And I was like, I, I, every deck can beat a bridge, is my thing. It either ignores it or doesn't, or like, you know, it's a combo deck. Yeah. Or, in, in a way, like I think of it like as a mind break trap. Like you, you don't put it in there to get the opponents. You, no. you put it in there to like sometimes get them, but mostly slow to slow them down. down. Yeah, and yeah, that, I, that has worked very well for me with uh, the Insane Bridge. Like I'm playing two copies in the main deck and a third copy in the sideboard right now. Yeah, and especially in the first game, like they literally only have like one or two copies of um, Brazen Borrower, and you got like six blasts and stuff. And you can also like do basically tricks, right, where you, mm -hmm. you weld them in and out for each other. Or when they want to bounce it, you put it in the graveyard, and then if you have like a second goblin effect, you can put it back into play as they're trying to attack. And of course, that works better in the first game. It gets a lot harder in the second game when they can also like attack your graveyard or even bring in some kind of like um like I've seen Herky's recall, dude. Um, <laughs> like they're going deep. I was also more on board with like two main one side sounds like a good idea. I do like that, and I think that'll work. It'll get you a lot of game ones as well, and then you just have to squeeze out a game two or three. But um Andy C.S. Wilson, he was splashing for two meltdowns, and the player in the Mox top uh, playoff was also playing that same list of two meltdowns. So, oh my god, copy fuck that. my life! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, fuck my life! Seriously. I so if people copy Sancho. that, that's kind of cemented swords in my head. But oh god, yeah, dude. Why, why do people still hate like artifacts? Like, what have artifacts done to people? Seriously, quite a lot, probably. <laughs> yeah honestly like hello what's up block yeah okay here we go <laughs> yeah it's only fitting that meltdown is actually from what's up block or, yeah. or the flavor so, but no like just to circle back like yeah the the blue black shell is just incredibly resilient i i was i put out a tweet just kind of like looking for inspiration or seeing if anyone had some ideas and genuinely source of flashes is just the best thing to do against them and they still just have like thought season grief so yeah, it's they're very good. I think blue black mid range that could be shadow or it could be you know uh, just just trolls and merc ties and stuff. 
it's just such a strong shell at the moment. It's yeah, so, the thing so is good. basically I thought about the other day um, when the blue black scam deck on the play gets the engine off of basically turn one grief reanimate grief. Mm. That that's equivalent to both players starting on a mulligan to five and they have one of their best opening hands and you have one that's probably not very good because they get to thought CC twice and yeah. that's why it's so hard to beat when when they get it off. It's because they pitch three cards. Well, they lose. They start on four. Well, they have a creature in play, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah either exactly. way. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I mean, like, like, legacy has been like, a, um, like for a very long time, it was a discard-heavy format. I think, like, especially during the Death Rite Charmin era, right, where, where people got like consistently turn one thoughts into turn two, him to Torak, or mm -hmm. I don't know, like Cobalt, Cobalt Therapy, Gitaxin Probe, Cobalt Therapy. Like, th like we we have seen those things before. I think the, the biggest difference is that it all happens on turn zero basically but in exchange like um the the person who uh who grieves and reanimates loses three cards and the person who gets grieved um, loses two cards but the best two cards mm -hmm. right so um yeah. like it makes it so uh, hard it makes it a little hard and also like um te game games also tend to slow down a lot starting from the from the opponent's first turn because like both players kind of just exhausted all, all their resources already on the very first turn and grief is you know like it is it's a, a it's a basically a delve of secrets and it's kind of like a recovery game right after that so what i want to say with that is also that that the, the the range of hands you can keep is goes a little wider because like if you don't i would not advise you to mulligan to a specific card against those kind of decks like rather keep hands that have like let's say two three lands maybe and a few cantrips if possible or like once upon a time that that sort of stuff right and cascade yep. cards are insane versus um versus grief strategies like any like rhino strategy for example like any any like um, because you're saying you increase like the number of amazing top decks exactly like you have low mana top decks that heavily impact the board right like if you have charlotte's agent into two two rhinos like that already completely nullifies the opponent's uh grief for example like everything they, they <laughs> yeah did. and you also like put 10 power into play <laughs> it's like exactly. okay grief whatever i'm not even gonna block that just get oh yeah they also like lose for like dudes yeah it's rhinos. not bad it, it's not bad right like yeah like, like those blue black decks like they have a really low starting life point also like they, they go down to like 10 life or so even if they're not on on uh death shadow so um you can also make that to your advantage if you want to but generally speaking um yeah try to have decks or opening hands that are not vulnerable to like turn one double thoughtsies yeah like i would so, which is which is kind of a hard thing to say honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just i just i keep most sevens against the deck like i don't want swords in my opening hand or i wouldn't want an ensnaring bridge in my opening hand i'd want to draw it in a few turns it's, it's kind of weird right you you basically like the, the perfect opening hand is something like i don't know two lands like five cantrips or something or yeah. like three lands something totally like that. totally yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very frustrating play pattern because you do the game just becomes very volatile it's a lot of variance in it so yeah it can be <laughs> pretty annoying to be on the on the receiving end of sometimes so okay guys i, I want you i want your bets four seasons top eight how many blue black decks are going to be there of any kind of flavor two four Ooh. I was gonna nah, say, like, dude, are you yeah. insane? I think yeah. it's gonna be three or four, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. It's gonna. It's very popular in Italy. Yeah, but Italy is also flooded by like crazy Jeskai control players, Swords gamers. I guess. Yeah, I could see it kept <laughs> down by that. Dude, they're they're gonna keep like I don't know, like four ponders and five brainstorms, and you know they're gonna and then they're gonna lose to the like... Turex. 
<laughs> you know they dude, will. They, they got fulfilled. Like, they're gonna figure it out some sometime. Like the, I also the um I like something we have not like I I quickly want to mention is that I that last uh, last Thursday I played on um, in my uh, local um, Berlin Legacy Thursday event. And um, I played against a four-color control deck, which um, had the full playset of Lorien revealed, and boy, was that card good! Like oh, it's amazing. in the early setups, it, it's cra- it was crazy. I was on I was on Dimir scam, so exactly that deck we were talking about. And like after a pretty disruptive turn one grief, a flashback, and even a wasteland and a daze, I think, which is like a complete blowout. Um, they still kind of like basic cycled their way into like um and plus carpet into like four or five mana territory, and then boy, that draw three of Lord and Reveal completely reset everything. Mm. And the downside um, is it's like a land that you could thought seize, but it's it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so impressed. And like yeah. something like that, you know, it doesn't have to be four color control, but any 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 type of control deck that because you know, at the end of the day, like the, the blue black decks also don't have lightning bolts, right? So you have they have to go through the finish line with combat damage or some orc mm. arrows, maybe. <laughs> so you kind of see what's going on, you know, like they had no like surprise, hey, here's a price of progress kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's true. That's that's one of the nice things about playing against these decks is you don't just like feel it you're in control and then like you crack one fetch and they triple bolt you and you're just like oh, <laughs> <laughs> not again. Yeah, I was playing against uh, against Angelo Kadai um, the other night on Magic Online. It was like close to midnight and he was like, "Oh, hello, Julian. You know, I am drunk right now." <laughs> like <laughs> typical Angelo style. And he was playing one of those like four or five color control decks. And I was in Painter and I thought I had maneuvered the game into a spot where I had like I really got him because I, I could like read what he had and turns out I read correctly what he had, but. Then actually he had some more, but let's get <laughs> gonna get into that in a moment. <laughs> um, he I basically yeah. I, I I I navigated in a way where I completely tapped him out for my turn, and then as my last spell I landed, um, no last couple of spells I landed Magus of the Moon, Painter, and then I pyroblasted his only basic island because I had constantly read him on on hydroblast the entire time. It turns out yeah he had the hydroblast, but before he untapped he typed in chat. You know Julian. You know that I'm better than most players. And I was like, oh my god, what's coming up now? So he untaps. <laughs> he his initially four-color deck pyroblasts my Magus and then kills the painter with like, oh my god. I was like, dude, seriously, like when the five four or five five-color deck is tapped out and you have Magus and they have no basic land, and you just like completely took control of the game, you feel like, oh, I got it. And then yeah, he did the thing you just described, right? They untapped, and then all of a sudden they have it all, and yeah, there goes the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Angelo is my pick. Definitely going to be top eighting the four seasons once again. Like, one of the strongest Italian players out there. I'm uh, going to be excited for that. Um, before we talk about four seasons, one one more thing. I want to give one big shout out. Uh, we, we don't really get to go super deep into this tournament, but we know, uh, you know how we always want to bring, like, the wild world of Legacy to everybody out there. There was the 10th anniversary anniversary of the Guangzhou Legacy event by, hosted by MTA, and they did a special thing. So, all, for all over China, you could qualify for this event that was taking place, I think, a week or two ago. And holy moly, did you guys see the prize payout? Like, four underground seas, four volcanic island, four tundras, four tropical island, eight bayous. Holy shit. And they only, like, I think in the end, on day two, qualified players, they had, like, 74 players. That's just, that's crazy. That's, like, a 13 to 15k so big shout outs to the people playing in that. Especially, I think the tournament was won by Chen Yunyi on Bla- uh, Black White Stone Blades. And I think there were a couple of players even who also like made double top eight because they had, like at day one, they qualified you for the invitation on day two. 
and yeah this is this is something else like the passion that goes into legacy in china it's really something like if we weren't talking about it and like my friends hadn't shown it to me i would have had no idea so shout outs to these people mta you're putting on an amazing show keep doing what you're doing and i hope i'm gonna be playing one of those one day because i've, I've been to china twice for legacy and always completely blew me away how amazing that was yeah so. I, th I thought i would never see uh, like more more than one dual land per event for um you know like after <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like after we had those at bazaar of, um, bazaar of Moxen, like many many years ago like this is this is this is kind of absurd yeah absolutely absurd i i run the numbers and like they gave us more than twice of what the the participation fee for day one was so in in, in like prices and that's only accounting for what what we see on here i think there might have been even more prices so this is a lot of events that I know about in China, they're like backed by people who have the money to to basically support other players' passion and go really deep on that. And maybe this was also one of those events. So yeah, you could qualify for all over China. Some of my friends actually qualified but couldn't make it. But awesome event, MTA, keep going. Uh, and we, we basically have the same, right, in, in a sense, and ELM. ELM mm -hmm. now, after one year, has basically fully established itself it felt like the, they were often talking about okay last year is going to be like kind of a trial run and then was like very well accepted by the community and now this this is the next elm and i mean i always say like the third time really decides whether you're like established or not the second time could be still like a oh, trial run but i'm so expressed like I, I see some of the stuff that goes on behind the curtains and how much work they put into making elm work and growing elm and everything and I'm I'm just so excited to see what's gonna go down there on on Saturday. That is right. Saturday is the European Legacy Masters main event at Four Seasons. None of us is qualified this time. We suck. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can, can we do like an ELM like an like an honorary ELM qualifier in Japan? And then fly somebody over <laughs> and like completely crush everybody. That would be something. <laughs> oh man, that's so that's so similar to like you know like winning a God of Legacy um, event in Japan. Like the next day, like you you fly you fly back to your home country. Maybe <laughs> like at the like airport, that. they're like, "Oh, you're God of Legacy, sure, yeah, come along. Here's the lounge. <laughs> Here's the lounge where all the gods hang out. <laughs> maybe LM should have something like God of Legacy, God of European Legacy, or something. No, but but that'd seriously. be so cool. But yeah, like because um, like most Japanese um, Magic players I know, like most of my friends are. Are also like food lovers. They they love anything that tastes delicious, and well, they're they're definitely in the right country. So. They'd be right at home in Italy. It sounds like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, big shoutouts. I want to say the prize pool was almost doubled for the season. Always a very good indicator that things are growing very well. And I want to say the thing that was the most astonishing, amazing thing to me is that ELM ran almost a hundred qualifiers across twenty one countries all over Europe. Yay. this is like that's pretty awesome dude when you think about it like elm was th was thought up as a concept like literally 12 months ago not only has it happened once now it's about to happen the second time and they have 93 associated events all across in 21 countries coordinated by all their regional coordinators and, and reps and everything and of course like by the central i, I want to call it like central committee hey hey communists i don't know <laughs> but you, you you know what i mean like 93 mm. events like this is this is one of the biggest legacy tournament structures that we have in the world right now maybe it's the biggest i think it's the only one is it but I mean, yeah we, we, we just like <laughs> talked about what those guys in china do and that's always like super hard for us I to understand so, yeah. but it's, true, it's true. great when we get a glimpse into that uh but yeah this looks maybe this is even bigger like um maybe not payout wise but all of this is like basically done by by volunteer work yeah and considering that that is all of this is volunteer work this is already going to be amazing there's going to be like coverage there's going to be english coverage there they have like player profiles for all the players 
And I think we are, Kai, uh, Callum, you already announced it, right? All three of us are going to be doing commentary on Saturday. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was doing what when. I was just like, hey, I'm doing this thing. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> yeah, we were actually we were skipping the, um, the, yeah. the legacy events, the legacy side event on Saturday. Uh, I know that Kai and I are going to be commentating the finals. I think there was talk of Callum and, and me doing the, the semifinals and then awesome. uh, several of the Swiss rounds. If one uh, of you get ill, it wasn't me poisoning you to do the finals. Oh, is this, is, <laughs> do you have any plans on doing that? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, put it in my morning cappuccino. I'm just going to like oh. grind some Thalia Garden of Thravens and put them in Kai's tea. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm, I'm super excited to see that going down. Also, like the, the participation in qualifiers has been insane. So the average, like when we talk about those 93 qualifiers, these are not like your random, what, what do they have for the Pro Tour? Like these regional qualifiers with like eight or 20 people or something where people are like, okay, whatever. Like on average, the ELM qualifiers had 55 people. In Germany, Italy, Netherlands, even 70 to 80. And like the big nine international events they had, like I think Axion was one, uh, Impact Returns was one. Several of those, they had on average, on average, the nine biggest qualifiers had 210 players. So ELM is massive and legit, and I I can only like wish them the very best and, and see more growth in the future because the, the passion that goes into this is absolutely unmatched of any kind of project I've ever seen on Legacy. Yeah, I'm most excited for four seasons, food and drink and seeing people first. But second, just to like watch the ELM, I'm, I was kind of, I'm ignoring whether to play on Saturday or not anyway, so I was thinking I was going to just hang out and watch anyway. But now I get to do some commentary and then just hang out the rest of the time, so... I'm going to go and uh, bird and heckle Marcus, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is Marcus coming? He's qualified for ELM. Oh, yeah. F f f from Sweden? Yeah. Oh, he's the Swed Swedish representative, uh, Marcus Ewald. Okay, awesome. Yeah, where's go, go, yeah. go, go Sverige or something. <laughs> I'm also sharing a hotel room with him, so you better be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But if it's already paid, then whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. But no, I, cool. I'm just uh, yeah, looking forward to watching people play the, the where they have it is in this like extra room from the the center and they have like this kind of it's like a bowling alley in a way and they have the yeah, sidewalks the... around it so you can watch from like a nice spectator spot where you don't feel like you're you know really close behind them and putting them off as well that's cool yeah i think i've mentioned that before but that's very much the feeling of the original bazaar of mox and they also had that oh okay cool so yeah excited for that uh, we will also be playing right we are going to be playing the team event on friday i'm going to be on vintage this time Callum is going to be no kai is going to be playing legacy and Callum is finally gonna be modern <laughs> oh my goodness this, this, this is like the this is like the first time we have done the the full circ, uh, circle so uh yeah, yeah, yeah. for everyone that doesn't know like it's uh it's always the three of us and like we we, we had we had a pack that we um keep switching formats so i think the very first time it was um i don't even remember i but. played legacy you oh played yeah, hell yeah! Vintage. Julie did modern. Yeah. Is it? I was like, dude, like, okay, I I have to finish this circuit at least once because I oh, also yeah. want to be on the the legacy player, and <laughs> I, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm trying to decide like what deck I want to play, and I think I, and this, you know, if anyone wants to like um, pre sideboard versus me, I, I literally don't care because <laughs> I also stream, but um, I think I've got to bring my signature deck. Like I was thinking about like uh, some some fair whatever nonsense, but I think I will be playing doomsday so oh um, dude that's that's nothing that makes me want to even seeing you cast doomsday yeah mm -hmm. you know it's it's still your boy your, your boy loves dark rituals and uh you better represent hell yeah julian what are you doing uh i tried the white initiative deck for a while and uh, not for a while for like a couple of leagues and i think it 
like the power is very much there, but it's so boring. Like mm. I, I will never forget <laughs> the one thing that um, uh, Justin Gennari once said: nobody goes into winter thinking I want to cast Tarmogoyf, and that's pretty much how I feel about <laughs> Season Dungeon here. Oh, but oh yeah, Tarmogoyf. <laughs> oh. oh man. No, so I'm not gonna play that. I'm not gonna be playing that. I I got a sweet Esper Tinker list from uh, um, Tom the Decker from Belgium. Cool. And can borrow basically most. of... I, I could even borrow, borrow the Power Nine from him, but I have some Power Nine proxies that I'm gonna play instead because honestly, I'm, I'm just like very uncomfortable. Um, borrowing something like sixty thousand euros. Heck yeah, cards dude! Mm-hmm. Dude, that uh, I I'm so happy that you switched from Mono White Initiative. Yeah, uh, I was never really gonna that. play that. I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to get a feel for but it. Seriously, I th- I think like as long as you cast Tinker in Vintage, I think you're doing a, a great job. Really. <laughs> what about Initiative Tinker? Oh, there's a there's an Initiative Tinker deck. Yeah, I was actually looking at that, but I I didn't really get to play it. And then Tom told me, oh, this deck is really good. So yeah, let's go with that. Cool. And so I'm go- what are you playing in Modern? I'm okay, playing. I don't. Do you know, Kai? No. I, I, yeah, I, a part of me almost doesn't want to know, but. <laughs> well, oh, last four seasons I played like, <laughs> did you see what I played? It was like yeah, mono yeah. red um, artifact stuff with, with the, the big juggernaut lord. But no, I'm playing a very good one. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Comparatively. That's, that, 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 that was like a commander oh. deck description. Oh, dude, I, I remember, I remember you had this like huge combo deck and then the payoff was you get a like a 5-3. It was it was trash for treasure, and you get an eight five that turns all your other creatures into five three juggernauts. <laughs> you yeah. guys sound very impressed. I, I we weren't ex- uh, excited at the time, but you're definitely actually. Are you gonna are you gonna run it back? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, what's it called? Does, right. it, does it have a name? <laughs> I'm not playing that. Don't worry. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna so like, ju- like Julian and I. We better get our shit together because like we already li- we have we already um, have like a big burden. Callum you know? is gonna carry. Callum uh, is no. gonna carry. He broke the format, and oh we just don't know yet. I'm gonna play Urza Thop to Sword. Oh, actually, you mentioned that. Yeah, mentioned yeah. that. It's got. But that's been a deck. It's like got four Urzas right? and it's got four One Rings in it, so it should be good. And how do you survive like the initial onslaught of like like the good decks? Uh, well, after this draw, well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this in the next episode after we end. Like, I can't remember drop. what's in it. I think it's well, you play a top to foundry. And oh, then... yeah. oh yeah, that's that's gonna save. Us. Yeah, okay, I mean, that, that was that was good ten years ago. I can't <laughs> remember. What's I'd, in love, it now. I'd love to come back and tell that like Callum really carried us and we barely made it into top eight just because Callum was literally beating everybody left and right. Yeah, and imagine if you yeah, wait. imagine if Cal goes like undefeated in this tournament. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> it's like two, two the two of us monks, you know, just like kind of like scoring. Uh, What's going the top crazy. of sword? Like sounds like a lot of draws as well. So we will see. Maybe he actually goes undefeated. I play fast. <laughs> Yeah, you do play fast, but not always. Like the deck does maybe. Okay, we will see. We will see. I, I just like making fun of modern decks that I don't know about. Yeah, so no. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I think it has some one and two mana cards, but I can't remember. There must be some, right? You guys we sound really, really, like, really happy with this. <laughs> Have you played it online? Yeah, I played two leagues. I okay. 4 1 and 3 2. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. that's oh pretty my respectable. Goodness. Yeah. I, I might have actually gone 4 1 twice. But let's say three two. I probably, I Did you come up with the list, or is that like no? Someone went meant? seven and two at the modern PT with it. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. So um, obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to use them. Right. But look, didn't somebody also like do that with Merfolk? Actually, I have a lot of respect for Merfolk. You know what? I almost played um, Spike and Mangu have been playing Merfolk with like preordain. And they've been mm-hmm. doing really well with it. So I, I actually think that's decent. I, I, yeah. I can't tell you whether it's like actually good, but I'm pretty excited for that. I just can't bother to like proxy load stuff off. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Proxy so this deck has Fulgar Valiant Blast, 
and like loads of haywire mites and three of the red white talisman to like ramp and stuff so look, oh okay it's okay good ancient tomb would be so good in that deck yeah uh, it wouldn't actually yeah. it wouldn't really you've got like thopter foundries and fairies and, and golden engineers and i don't know Okay, you, you're the master. You're the top the master. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> so I'm going to get this this out. Uh, we are recording this on a Tuesday night. I'm going to try to get this to you by Wednesday, the latest. Well, it has to be Wednesday because I'm leaving on Thursday. <laughs> luckily, this is a short uh, episode, yeah. Yeah, luckily, we are almost at the two-hour mark. Sure, we will we, we get that to work. <laughs> if you want to support the running of Everyday Turn, if you want to keep the lights on and see all the beautiful website that we, that we got set up, um, you can support us on patreon.com slash everyday channel or you can leave a review on apple podcasts or spotify that helps us to be discovered because that's really the one thing we want to do we want to push the discoverability of the podcast so more people can listen to these clowns <laughs> and yeah we we will maybe even see you at four seasons so if you're at four seasons say hello kai has a booth at four seasons so you can get your alterations you can get all of your token needs you can even uh, people can challenge you again right yes Heck yeah people people can finally kick my ass i'm oh, so challenging yeah. you <laughs> they don't need to get into like the X2 bracket to, to start challenging you. Nope, they can literally nope, go straight can, to the booth. Yeah, you, you can already start at O2. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So everybody, shout outs to all of our supporters. See you on the other side once we come back with the new RSS feed, the website and everything else that I haven't announced yet. Big shout outs as well to our Eternal Witness tier supporters, Alex Crow, Tim Everett, Testacular, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Sean Dewey, Francis Kauper, Cassandra Davis, Tom Zischka, Benedict Gruber, and Severin Schwarzuber. And our Grizzle Pantier supporters, Scott Monroe, Tom Hepp, Kane, Ian Seyfeld, and Colonoscopy. Hey, Colonoscopy, you won one of the playmats. Hey, and awesome. two more. So, yeah, we're going to get those out to you probably after four seasons because there's not a lot of time left. And, yeah, see you again once we're back. And Callum has completely modernized modern. Oh, God, that's the best oh, side dear. of everybody. See you next I time. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.